How can media and communication scholarship integrate technical and social methodologies? About this and many other important questions is this conversation with Diego Gómez Sara in this new episode of El Café Latinx. What is the experience of being a Latinx or Latin American scholar in the field of communication and media studies? What are the main challenges and opportunities that come with our identities? These are the issues that we'll talk about in El Café Latinx, where some of the leading voices in the field will share their professional experiences. Hola, my name is Pablo Wojcowski. I teach at Northwestern University, where I hold the Hamad bin Khalif Al-Thani Chair in Communication. Together with Facundo Suenzo, a doctoral student at Northwestern and executive producer of this podcast, we invite you to discover the journeys of scholars who are at the cutting edge of creating knowledge about Latinx and Latin American communities across the Americas. These are our stories. Estas son nuestras historias. Esas son nuestras historias. Welcome to this new episode of El Café Latinx. I'm delighted to have with me today Professor Diego Gomez Sara, who's assistant professor at the University of Notre Dame in the Department of Computer Science and Engineering and by courtesy in the Mendoza College of Business. Before going to Notre Dame as a professor, he was a postdoctoral fellow at the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University where he obtained his PhD in technology and social behavior, uh, wrapping up the degree in 2021, where he also obtained a Master of Science in technology and social behavior a few years earlier. He did his undergraduate degree in industrial engineering and information technologies at Pontificia Universidad Católica de Chile, and his Master of Science in um, also at Pontificia Universidad Católica de Chile. Diego has received numerous awards and distinctions, including uh, from the Interdisciplinary Network for Group Research, the J. Richard Hackman Award for the dissertation that most significantly advances the study of groups, and that took place in 2022, a top paper award from the International Communication Association, uh, awards from uh, the Association for Computer Machinery and from McKinsey and Company. His work has been funded by some of the most prestigious public and private organizations, including Amazon, Microsoft Research, and the National Science Foundation. Diego, welcome to El Café Latinx. Hi, uh, it's my pleasure to be here and uh, be back right now as a faculty. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. It is a pleasure to have uh, you with us, Diego. So tell us, how did it all begin? That is, how was the start of the journey that led you to become a professor? Um, that's a good question. So uh, everything started in 2014. And you were also part of this because um, I remember that when I finished my master's in computer science, I had no idea what to do with my life. I was basically um, kind of interested in research projects, but I didn't have enough experience. And also I I didn't want to follow the usual path that most engineers 
uh, do like go to a company be like as like an ant for this huge colony uh, and I really wanted to make a difference I really wanted to do something that it could help people uh, it could contribute to the world knowledge so um part of my master was just like working with interdisciplinary professors and then that's how I started getting familiar with research projects and then I was hired by the Facultad de Comunicaciones in Chile like the School of Communication and that was the like the way I started um growing as a, a academic scholar and this is mostly due to uh, like thanks to uh, I was by then the Dean Silvia Pellegrini she hired me for a research project that they were running. Uh, they were creating technologies, information technologies to assist um, journalists, uh, public relator, uh, relationships, and also um, film and media makers. So I, I remember it was like a good experience. I started there as a research assistant. So I worked there like about maybe two years. And then they offered me the opportunity to teach a class in web development to journalists um like for the journalism department so I, I was very excited about that and kind of like what followed after that was that well um I was just making progress I was really enjoying teaching working on research projects so then they told me like you really need to get a PhD if you want to become a professor or like like stay here like right now we cannot have master's students as professors so um this was like 2015 like i started like evaluating different phd programs and my dean was very specific like about where like she told me go to the united states or europe don't do your phd in chile you really need to learn something new uh bring it if you if you come back bring it back to chile and 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 also uh you need to be connected to the world like you need to learn english you really need to meet other researchers so please don't stay here in Chile if you want to do this like go outside so I remember like uh, thanks to many researchers like I started applying and like finding programs and I remember that year uh, Pablo you were presented at Catolica and you were talking about the um, if I'm not wrong the news gap uh, you were presenting that study and I think if I'm not wrong you were the keynote for the AGMC that was organizing Ingrid Bachman and Santiago, that is not so correct. That was, okay, yeah, my Max Macomb was also another visitor that at that time, right? Yes, yes, yes. I remember there was like a huge event, and like, and that was an opportunity, at least for me, just like to like see scholars from like working from other countries. So, um, then I well, Northwestern because you were in Northwestern, so like uh, I then I applied to Northwestern, and I remember like I saw the both programs, the MT MTS and TSB, uh, which I know that the first one is kind of communication studies, the more traditional one, and the second one they 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 have this scholars from human computer interaction. So when I saw the website, I thought, oh, this is the program for me. Like it were like combining engineering and communication. So I applied to that one and and I was lucky in the sense that I I went through many applications and uh, and I was accepted under Western. So uh, Professor Contractor accepted me and I joined his research group. So that's how it started. And then, well, I it was a hard decision for me, basically, because uh, I decided just to start this thing, going to the United States alone, like I didn't have any family, relatives or friends there. So like, OK, but um, 
You were very important to me because kind of like at the beginning, like trying to survive the American culture. So I remember like all those days, just like seeing you at the gym. So like, I was just crying out, like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand this. I don't understand that. And you were very um, like helpful. So, and supportive. So I think that's how we started. And now, uh, well, um, just um, continuing this path. I, 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 someone told me like tenure tracks are usually like PhD part two. So, uh, like going through this process, but so far it has been a fun journey. I'm glad to hear, and I do remember those conversations myself. So, so let's go back in time. And um, how was the the first uh, year or the first couple of years? Of, where they of your experience as a PhD student coming from? a country in which a different language is spoken officially and um, in, in which there are some significant cultural differences regarding both what happens in universities and in everyday life. So how was your experience? Uh, thinking about other you know, people who have gone through where you went through or who might go in the future, right? Might leave their countries in South America and other parts of the world uh, to go to the US. Right. Uh, so. I looking at this like like in perspective, I think the main challenge was uh, the lack of knowledge or connections, because I remember that at least when I was there in Chile, uh, I remember like the first researchers like Sebastian Valenzuela, Ingrid Bachmann, like all of these um, professors who did their PhDs in the United States and they were returning and same with other like departments at Catolica, like they were coming back from from Europe, from the United States. So they were bringing this kind of fresh perspective and the mindset of like, okay, what it means being a professor. So like research projects, like published papers, like advance this kind of knowledge frontier. So uh, I think thanks to them, I was kind of aware, like trying to understand how was this going to be because um, otherwise, I, when I arrived here and then I realized like so many things I, I wish I could have known. So for example, um, like what it means, just like leading a research project, like, or, or intersecting different disciplines. Just like, okay, I was an engineer communication in Chile. It took me a long time to explain things like this. Like, um, most people thought like, oh, I'm just an engineer and that's kind of my role. So you have to teach the technical component, but I really wanted to learn more about theories, just like the social processes. So I think when I arrived here, that was like the, the main challenge. It's like, okay, now in an environment, like uh, it's more natural, it's more common. And like, it was very common under Western, just like seeing this kind of cross intersections or like disciplines. And so that was something very rewarding, just like to see from here. And I think also it was very important, like people like, like you, Sebastian and Ingrid, like they were like trying to bring this uh, things that they were in the United States, bring those things to, to Chile or South America, Latin America. So other people could just be aware and like, if, if, you, if you have the talent and the initiative, you can do this also in the United States. So um, for example, one thing I had no idea when I applied was just like funding. Like I remember that um, at least how I knew it is like, I need the government support in order to do my PhD in the United States. Like I cannot be 
outside of if I don't count on that. So, uh, but I didn't realize that many universities will provide scholarships. It's like, oh yeah, like they will fund you for five years, etc. Of course, like you need to TA or do some research assistant projects or things like that. But, but it still is like the opportunity was there. So like that was kind of a thing that I didn't know before. And if I could have known that probably uh, I will have been more confident about like, oh yeah, like I'm going to apply and then, and I hope like someone will like to work with me. So um, that's something at least everyone, like the youngest, uh, like the people who are graduating in Chile, at least when I talked with them and told them like, yeah, like if you want to come here, you can like just apply and universities, many of them probably will like give you some funding opportunities to do a PhD. Um, then the second thing, like more personally, right, like I was alone, like I, I didn't have, um, like it took me a long time to find friends, like, um, and I don't know if it's just because how the American mindset um, is, like, I remember that if we were like with Latinos or people from Europe, it was just like, oh, you could just go to a party and make good friends, like from there, right? Like you were chatting, of course, like there are so many things in common and right, like you can do parties, things like that with when when i started like having fun with uh, americans it was just like unfair a long time because of course like the cultural like differences and also um then they already have their groups just like they have their lives here in the united states just like oh yeah like i i am from on what state i just moved here my, my my partner is around just like they were just continuing their lives for me it was just like a, a reset like a complete reset like i started from scratch here so it's like okay and, and I think the same will be if like a American goes to Chile, it will be the same issue. Just like everyone is just like doing what they were used to do, to do. like, oh yeah, I'm seeing my friends, whatever. And now, oh, suddenly there's a gringo here, right? So, uh, or a gringo. So I, I think that was for me challenging to understand, like, okay, moving to a new country and like trying to learn those rules. So um, I finally felt uh, more comfortable when I was in my third year when I met my, my my wife right now she's my wife right now Nikki like I because like with her like we can finally build like a, a strong relationship and like and starting feeling like I'm at home like okay I have something to do here also like I have people around me uh, who take care of me so it took me a long time so I guess that if if I can think about the people who are coming right now I just like well it's it's a lot of exploration at the beginning just like making new friends just like understanding the cultural differences and then they will start um I don't know, launching from there I guess and and I think I'm very grateful for what I have at Northwestern Excellent. So I'm I'm glad to hear, and I know that things have worked out. Although I can I can also see the challenge in the first few years. Um, but you talked about in part is also being you know a student in a program that is at the intersection of disciplines, right? Mm -hmm. the, the technical disciplines and the social and behavioral sciences. So um, how was that process for you? Right, you had the formal training and education in engineering. You had uh, spent time in a very distinguished social science unit in Chile um, as a student first. Right now, you're a faculty, but as a student, how did you, you know, combine the technical and the social and the behavioral in your research and your training? Yeah, that's a that's a was a one of my biggest challenges because I remember and this is like an anecdote, but I arrived and I remember like a 
attending this uh, series, like the Monday lunches. And then I, I was like, what is an hypothesis? What is a research question? So, because like in engineering, like mostly it's about, okay, this is the problem. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is the methodology. This is like the response. Okay. And we, we solve this issue. Okay. What comes next? But in social sciences and social communications, like, no, we are like building theory or like, we're trying to understand this or like challenging theory. So it's like all these concepts, like were very new to me. And I remember like attend all these talks, like taking classes in communication and like, I have no idea what to do because like, okay, I need to develop a theoretical framework and what this means, just like finding a gap or like, okay, what the theory doesn't explain or like where the theory doesn't work. Um, and all of that, it took me a long time just like to understand. And I think what helped me a lot was just having the MTS people around because um, I was working in a research group. Also, there were other students from the communication, like the traditional program. So uh they were very helpful like i have all these questions like oh, can you tell me more about this and then they were giving me like tutorials just classes like okay diego this is a theory this is a contribution like this is um an hypothesis how do you formulate an hypothesis and so on so it, it, that was just like very uh, an enriching like a very rich process for me um and it helped me a lot just like to like build that kind of social science background that i have right now um and I think that's one of the strengths of the program. So, um, but it, it was hard for sure. Oh, let me, what happened here? No, not disturb, okay. So Diego, um, hmm. that part was hard you were saying, and I'm thinking now you are back in engineering. Mm -hmm. So how does it feel to be back in an engineering environment, but having gone through five years of training in the social and behavioral sciences? Yeah. Do you think you look at engineering issues, technical issues um, differently now that you've gone uh, through a program uh, like the one you did? or uh, And in what way uh, is it different? It is. That's a big thing. Yeah, right now, like, actually, I'm um dealing with this because right like i'm back in more a traditional cs department and basically right like most of the people who are in like, my department are working in computer vision data science machine learning and then i'm there with other faculty working in like human computer interaction so kind of like what they put me and i guess that's why they recruited me it's just like they really want to have that perspective like they wanted to have people who can think about these computational problems, but like having a social uh, lens. So um, what I feel is like I'm contributing to that. I think it's hard, especially to explain sometimes to, um, for example, for people who are like more hardcore in like computer science. But um, I, 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 in that sense, like I feel grateful because like that gives me the opportunity just like to show a difference. Like, okay, I'm here in the computer science program but also we need to think a lot about like the social consequences how people are using these technologies and what the computers can do for them and i think this is kind of uh, changing a lot in like computer science departments because they are realizing that it's it's good like okay like excel in all the machine learning all these kind of hardcore uh, technique techniques but also they really need to connect with society like they need to create solutions but also they need to respond to the people like okay like we're doing things and why is this just like affecting uh, how people organize or how people work or live so 
I think that's what I appreciate about this background. Like I just bring in and start from there. And in that sense, you think that the engineering field is different from what you remember it being when you were first doing your undergraduate, for instance, that has been a growing uh, interest in the social and behavioral issues or just the program that you are uh, in right now? I, I believe it's something that has been changed. I mean, I was in college in 2006 and, and right now I think many schools are switching and like being um, like they're reflecting on all these um, social issues or like how they can contribute to that. So for example, the role of machine learning, the role of artificial intelligence. And, and also it's not something that the faculty or like members are thinking about this thing. I think also like students have the same questions. So for example, right now, like with chat GPT, like right now everyone is still talking about this technology. So uh, for one side, right, like they're all the language models and techniques, something that there are a lot of experts there. But at the same time, like many students and professors are having all these questions related to the ethics related to this, how we can use this for like learning purposes. And at uh, the end, uh, how is this going to change how we see computer science? Uh, so um, I think all these questions are not um, like if having like, the expert in, like in the technique component, I think they require all having this issue, like issues, uh, sorry, um, views of people who can tell us like, what are the consequences in terms of uh, why is this technology going to affect how people interact or behave? So I think that component right now, it's necessary and, and universities students are demanding for that. So I, I guess for a reason, like all these departments are trying to embrace social sciences better, like more than like, for example, 20 years ago. So that that positions you in a uniquely advantageous way, right? Yes. Because you have the dual training. Right. I think I, I think the challenge for me is like I, I remember someone told me this, like uh like I, I was a zebra, but the question is am a black zebra with white stripes or am a white zebra with black stripes, right? It's just so hard to say what I am. So um and this is the main challenge for me, just like trying to learn these different languages, like people who are like purely com computer science. And believe me, I have seen some conference like people who don't care about the social component, like, oh, is this kind of bias? Like, no, the machine is just taking everything from the data, period. And they don't care. Like, they don't care if like it's hurting people or minorities, they don't care. So, but like, I, I my, my main guess is, is like, they didn't have that kind of training, like they didn't, Think about these questions before. So right now, um, we need to do it. I mean, like it's not just enough to say, okay, this technology is very accurate or very precise. It's like also we need to see the consequence of that. So that puts me in a, in a good position at least to contribute to because like I'm trying to be the bridge between these two worlds. So it's like okay, like the technical component, like which I understand. Um, probably I'm not developing anything kind of unique there, but also I'm trying to learn from there in order just like to connect it and with all these social perspectives. So how users are going to use them or like how users like, will, what are the consequences for them? Will hurt them or will like be something that can augment their work? And, and I think like we are going to see more positions or roles like this in the future. Very interesting. Now, a few minutes ago, you talked about uh, people in your lab when you were a student. Mm -hmm. 
And that's another space, right? Where graduate training takes place or can take place depending on the student and the mentor. But in your case, you worked in a lab uh, for the entirety, right? Of your PhD. Um, and labs have become more and more common in the social and behavioral sciences. They were always common in the behavioral sciences, to be honest, but they're becoming more common in the social sciences. How was your experience of being part of a lab? And what does a lab add to graduate training that those who are not in the lab or in a lab um, get? I think the main benefit is like having uh, like a structure of senior and junior students because when I arrived, I had no idea what to do. Kind of like, oh, I'm here, but like, what should I do? So the senior students were very... Uh, helpful support so they will guide me from like I, I remember learning new skills like like what papers should I read and how to work in this specific research group and and so on so like I was just learning a lot from having this uh, like uh, seniors like students who were in the fourth fifth year and that was very uh, important at least for my process so I I I learned a lot from them. And then when I was in that position, I also was doing the same for the new students. So I, I was able to interact a lot with them uh, every day because we were in the same uh, like office. So I think that's what I appreciate in that sense, like it's more like a collaborative process where like people are teaching the new ones and we do the same for others. And also it creates an identity in the sense like, yeah, we are this group, we are this research group and uh, like these are the problems and things that we're working on. And then actually that helps us just like in terms of getting feedback, learning from others and like, and create and like unity at the end, like at the end. Um, PhD is like a very lonely journey. So at least I, I have fun just like engaging and having lunches with my friends there in the lab. Um, so it supplements not only your experience intellectually, but right. also socially. Yes, right. And dissertation years, how would you characterize, you know, uh, that part of your journey? Well, uh, as, as many of the youngest faculty right now, we were like doing our dissertations during the pandemic. So that was kind of challenging because of, uh, for example, in my case, um, the last parts of my dissertation required um, group experiments. So this was before the pandemic, but basically I was envisioning like to bring participants to the research lab, run some tasks. And based on that, we will like, okay, collect data and like do some analysis. But then the pandemic came and lockdown, like we cannot recruit people, like we cannot run experiments on campus. So, um, and we were, I remember the moment, like we had no idea what to do because like, we were not sure when we were going back to campus. Like um, this, this, I remember at the beginning, like we were just saying, oh yeah, like maybe after summer, this will be done, like over and nothing, like we're still in lockdown. And it took us more than one year just to be back on campus. So uh, that like challenge, like the challenge there was like how to continue the experiment, but like assuming that we were not going to do it on campus. So. I had to resign everything, think about this online, just like, okay, we run, I ran the last experiment on my dissertation and, and it was like huge effort because it was like recruiting 400 participants and, and everything was on Zoom, just like running, I think we run like about 20 Zoom sessions, bringing participants there, they had to work together and 
we had to create breakout rooms so they can create we can emulate like what was a like a real office so that was challenging and and of course like doing this from home alone just mm-hmm. like after three months i was just feeling very lonely so i think all of this was kind of like the main challenges thank god like everything went well in the sense like we uh, like accomplished our goals and I think the most important part there was just like being flexible, just like to adapt to the to the to the situation and like how to um, be creative in the sense like okay, these are the constraints. How we can just do or create science based on this. And you not only were a senior student in a lab, you were also a postdoc, right? Right, and in a different lab. Right, you didn't stay in your uh, PhD student lab as a postdoc, but you switched within the same university. But you went to a different lab. Um, how's the postdoctoral experience different from being a post-qualifying doctoral student? Right, I mean, uh, a PhD candidate, and also from being an assistant professor. In addition to the fact that you don't have any teaching when you're a postdoc, usually. Right, right. But um, how does that compare with being, uh, you know, on the later side of the PhD program on the one hand, and on the early side of the tenure track on the other hand? Yeah, that's a great question. I think my my takeaway of all of this is like the postdoc was a good transition because it allowed me to detach from the PhD. Like I was working on a research project for five years and suddenly I'm working for a different group and like I need to start over. So that helped me just like to refresh my mind. And also uh, the main thing is that uh, allowed me to pivot a little bit, like because um, if I have started from, from, from directly from the PhD to the tenure track, I would have struggled a lot, like trying to finish everything from my PhD. Like, oh, dissertation is not kind of ready. Like, uh, oh, like, I don't know. Maybe I can continue doing what I was doing before. And that will be helpful for the first years um, and so on. So all these challenges. But the postdoc for me was just like that transition. Like, okay, you need to stop working on dissertation. Like, get like the paper done. Like, all the paperwork finished, that's fine. But now you're working on different research break. And kind of like how my postdoc advisor um suggested this to me it's just like think about this is a opportunity to think about a new research idea that you want to at least take with you and that will be part of your new career as a tenure track professor so i think that was something very important like actually all these virtual realities um projects that i'm working right now was part of the postdoc like i i had never had any experiences with this but then my postdoc suggested these ideas. Like, why? What if you like try combining this virtuality um, component, especially because that year the metaverse was just like everyone was talking about this. So like that gave me an the advantage of the postdoc like itself is that I don't have the pressure as a PhD student of working on dissertation, like the deadlines and all of that, the job market, uh, at least for then and. And then I could just focus, be focused and like, okay, this is what I need to do. So I have 100% of my time working on one specific price. So that was very helpful. And it gave me a good time just like to rethink about what I wanted to do in my future. Um, I did this one year postdoc, I think was very beneficial. And now the tenure track, well, they have other challenges too. So I guess I, I'm grateful that I have this kind of transition. Um, and in that sense, like it helped me just like to think about new ideas one before I, I started the uh, tenure track. 
And you have gone uh, straight from being a student to being a postdoc to then being a tenure track professor. So you've stayed in academia, but you have been quite successful at getting funding from uh, major organizations in the private sector, like Amazon and Microsoft. And also you had a very prestigious internship um, at SNAP, right? Um, so you also worked doing applied research for them. So I have two, two parallel questions. One is, did you ever consider doing research, not in academia, but in a corporate setting, number one. Number two, um, what would you say are some sort of lessons learned from engaging with um, these very important organizations, both as research partners and also, or at least funders, if not partners, and also sites of employment? Very interesting question. So I think in the, the first one about um, working in industry, um, I considered it a lot when I was in the job market. Um, I guess what uh, the difference for me is like I was really interested in combining these two components, like teaching and research. Like I really wanted to be involved in academia, form people, like mentor students, mentor um, undergrad students, and also um having that possibility of like starting a research program from scratch something like it's more possible to do while you're a professor rather than like working in a company like companies already have the specific projects they need experts for the specific thing and and your contribution there is like to a specific project and team i think the advantage of the companies or industries like right like they have teams so it's eager like it's easier just like to delegate or just like to discuss a shared goal. Sometimes those goals are according to the company's goals. And, and sometimes teams have that flexibility, like they can explore and create new things. And, and in a sense, like that's what I was uh, interested in. I think my case, the problem was that I went to the job market when the pandemic started. So most companies were not hiring by that year, by, by then because uh, it was not not very clear what was going to happen, like if they were coming back to the office. And actually the main problem for most of these uh, companies is like training, like training new uh, juniors, employees, uh, having the issue like they're working from home, but they don't have the same flexibility, like, okay, like we give them orientation or like well, you need to learn all these things. Um, so it was very challenging for this company. So I, I, in that cycle, I couldn't, uh, I applied to some uh, positions, but I, I never get an offer from there. Um, but academia, I think, was a better fit for me in the sense like I was interested to write papers, like lead, create from from like, like I these are my ideas. I can just start from there and, and then I can start like my and create a research group. So I think that was like, the interesting thing about academia, which has a lot of cons for sure. And but like. I'm really grateful for for the opportunity here at Notre Dame. And about the relationships with organizations, institutions, funders, uh, especially with the private sector, I I think it's a very interesting time, like uh, synergy right now because um, sometimes these projects are very like the fund the ones that we got funding. They are they are uh, high risk um, investments, right? Like at the end. We, we could find something very interesting as like at the same time we can find nothing so um 
going through this process through like public funding and then the sense NSF, all these agencies requires a little more time because the resources are scarce and like they need to think a lot like well, how these different ideas and projects will help uh, the country, the world and so on. So uh, with private funding, for me, the advantage was like, it was easier just like um, if that goal or project was aligned to the mission of the company, they were more open just to explore and give funding just like to start, at least to start the project. And then hopefully that will be a good support then to start the research program. And if the results are promising, then we can jump to uh, ask for the traditional resources from public or agencies. So um, I think, um, and, and at least the ones that I got, they were gifts. So basically they don't retain any kind of property or like intellectual property. So um, it was just like a, a good push for us just like to do this experiment. Um, and, and I think that talks good for about them because right, like they are trying to solve problems that probably uh, are hard to tackle, that are hard to fund or try, try to see how specifically we can do so we can experiment on that. And, and I think we have done good results with this. So um but but yeah i mean i guess um it's i think it's good to keep our eyes open and like consider both um like sources right public and private had your internship at uh snap uh, is that yeah. something that you would recommend uh to other students um or to students because you are no longer a student uh to <laughs> students uh in uh, social and behavioral sciences programs to try to even if they know that they want to stay in academia to do um an internship at one of these important uh, organizations yes yeah it's really encourage that because one it allows students to take a take a break from the PhD in the sense like oh yeah like if uh, for the problem I think with the PhD is like after four years five years like people can just get trapped in this bubble right like at the end they probably are experts in a specific uh, um, problem right like they have read everything about this but they 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 could be constrained at the end it's just like oh there's something new going around and you're not able to see that so I think for me, doing this internship helped me like, okay, to be out, actually, I was in Evanston all the time, but like be out from the Northwestern context, like, okay, you're not working your dissertation, but like, these are all the problems and projects like we have, and it will be interesting for you, like to learn new skills. So I learned a lot of like things related to cultural inference and statistical analysis. Also, I learned a lot about psychology theories that they, then I used them for my dissertation. So it was kind of helpful. And then um, I learned how to work in, as a team. That is another thing because um, like in the PhDs, I know it's a very, uh, like the relationship is mentor and student. Um, and in this case, like you're part of a group. So like you have different roles, you, 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 you consult, you can uh, contribute and provide more ideas. So I think having that experience helped me a lot. And, and, and right now I take it as like how I can also work with my students. So. Uh, and also trying to create this kind of research group. So I think it's very uh, helpful and I know that it's very competitive, but my suggestion is that um, trying to find any opportunities from like this big companies like Snap, Microsoft, um, Facebook, uh, to like, for example, in Chicago, we have a lot of like startups and companies. So for example, just having that pre like short experience, uh, it could help a lot just like to have new gains and, and also new perspectives. 
All right. And how has the start of tenure track life been for you? How's uh, the teaching? Uh -huh. um, uh, I know the research is going well, but if you can sort of elaborate a little bit on sort of uh, this new phase that is different yeah. from uh, your PhD phase on the research side as well. It's crazy. I mean, <laughs> I wish I could. Uh, and I'll, there are a lot of things. Like, I think it's just like a lot of like uh, trying and error, like and see how it works. But I, I also defer. Like I rely on like what the seniors tell me. But sometimes seniors tell you like very random stuff, and like sometimes like they're not consistent. So uh, the main challenge is like I'm split right now. My my soul, like my my energy, is split in three parts. So it's like I need to teach. I need to work on research projects, and then. Um, like do some kind of service it's, it's still tiny right now but i still like you need to do things but uh i guess it's just like the main challenge is like how to be efficient how to be productive and and like i'm trying to have um a very uh committed um i am very committed to have a balance in my life i want to have time with my family with my baby and my wife and also i want to be productive but i think it's challenging especially seeing many um people who are starting this like they're in different stages of their lives. Like maybe they are single, they don't have kids. And for them, it's just like, yeah, it's kind of okay. Like if they want to work during the weekends. Uh, right now I'm in a situation that I don't want to do that. I want to spend uh, the weekend with my family, but that means like less, uh, like less time. So for me, the challenge is like how to be efficient with the time that I have. And I think like, that's the thing that I wish the most is like, right, having more time. So, um, right now i'm trying to do this kind of like the university has supported me with a lot of like the faculty support groups so like in order to create writing habits just like writing like every day 30 minutes um trying to create a structure like i have right now three phd students so i need to kind of understand how to work with them also have undergrads who are interested in working research projects and kind of like trade-offs like oh yeah like they can do your work but also at the same time you need to train them and and they're different kind of um backgrounds so it's just like some people already have experience some others don't so i need to teach them um and then all the things like probably i don't know if it's part of like the um after the pandemic like i i have a lot of virtual meetings virtual collaborations and like that's something that is very hard like to measure like but like okay i'm working with people from that university and like we have a zoom meeting but like that what what is the concrete output of that like are we going to submit a proposal etc the other thing and i think the main challenge is like because it's a computer science department like the main incentive is like writing grant proposals and that's kind of like um when, when my writing time goes most of the time like right now so like probably i think i wrote 10 proposals last year one got funded i'm still waiting for another three and many rejections so it's, it's like part of this game so um it's that's kind of like what i'm trying to learn and i'm sure like by making a lot of mistakes i will learn how to do things for the next time absolutely but we've all made those mistakes it's probably the only way to learn right yeah. um, you learn much more from your mistakes and from from your successes no yeah yeah i mean it's true like from from our own mistakes just like we know like um what it should have been done right but um what what i think the main and also uh, and this is something interesting um and i remember you told me this like the relationship with advisors like long for a like they last for a, for for many years so um right now in an department and i think that's something engineer like they push for 
cutting the umbilical cord, just like they want you to stop that relationship or like don't do anything. And and that's why I'm like struggling a little bit because, uh, well, I'm still like trying to publish some of the stuff for my dissertation, but it's still like um, the question for me is just like, should I, um, what should I do next? So like the things that I'm working right now, yeah, kind of overlap what I, and because I spent like five or six years working on these problems. So uh, it's something like everyone has a different interpretation. It's like, oh yeah, like, no, you're doing great. You're doing fine. Or like, no, you definitely should not see your advisor anymore. So it's kind of challenging, but I, I'm just trying to figure out that problem, but I, it will be fine. <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking about problems and trying to find solutions, if you had magical powers and could be granted one wish about how you would like to see the study of technology, communication, teams um, to change, what would you wish for? I wish for a more um, like openness to combine these different disciplines because when I started, I remember there was just like two different like houses, like two different places like people will not talk to each other right like and if you go to another house it's just like oh yeah you're from that place right like you're from that neighborhood right okay so but i i was struck like i struggled out because like well i want to learn from you too and also i want to contribute to the to these problems right so i think that's something that i wish that could have changed and i think with right now it's better since like it's more clear like yeah like social sciences um benefit from using computational methods at the same time like computer science benefits from all the knowledge and theories and like uh, knowledge that social science provides in order to understand how people act and interact so i wish for that yeah. that's a great wish and a great note on which to end this conversation diego thank you very much for sharing your knowledge and uh, your journey with us. Uh, I want to also thank our listeners for staying with us through the end. And I want to invite everybody to join and tune in for the next episode of El Café Latinx. Thanks again, Diego. This was great. Thank you, Paolo. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure, my friend. El Café Latinx is a production of the Center for Latinx Digital Media in the Department of Communication Studies at Northwestern University. I'm Pablo Wojcicki, the host, and I'm joined by executive producer Facundo Swenson.